so as long as that stress isn't too great and the way we avoid that is by you know progressively gradually progressively loading and this is what coaches are for this is why we you know have programs um it's common sense to be honest yeah. if someone tries to lift way more than they have tried before they would they may well increase their risk of injury yeah. and we may in retrospect go maybe that wasn't the best idea uh-huh. but but that act to suggest that a given exercise whether it's a deadlift or any other exercise is in itself dangerous or injurious as in uh sort of a bad what's malign it is it bad exercise is nonsense hello everyone and welcome back to the stronger healthier happier podcast we are excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together we believe that by paying close attention to our mindset movement sleep stress nutrition and network we can create the life we were intended to live here is to a stronger healthier happier you Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. This is episode 47, and today we have Jen McMillan with us, yeah, uh, as well as another super awesome special guest, Quinn Taylor. Quinn, thanks for being on this podcast and Zoom call with us. Thanks so much for having me. We, uh, we got Quinn coming all the way from Winnipeg, Manitoba, everybody. <laughs> Um, most of our friends are either in Brandon or Winnipeg. Um, and let's, let's be clear. I didn't come all the way from Winnipeg. I am joining through the screen. From Winnipeg, yes. The podcast is currently not the stage where we can fly people in (laughs) for podcasts. So we got to do do a Zoom call. (laughs) Um, yeah, thanks Quinn. Let's, uh, we like to start off with our guests with some sort of intro background of basically what, what led us to even this podcast day, but. Um, just starting off, uh, I mean, we know Quinn, sometimes we don't even know how we know our podcast guests because they're just, it's part of the OG CrossFit crew. Like just back in the day, I guess, where we, we all started around the same time of, again, when did you start, um, kind of your fitness journey or CrossFit Quinn? Uh, so I started CrossFit in Winnipeg, uh, in 2009. Ooh. At at CrossFit Winnipeg, uh, I'll back up a tiny bit. I discovered CrossFit in 2006, and I was um, fo- I say following. I was reading the main site, which was uh, wh- which was CrossFit at the time, yeah. and I was mostly thinking about doing it at some point, but not really doing anything about it. And I was living in Vancouver, going to university at the time. There was one, there was a gym in Vancouver, CrossFit Vancouver. It was the only affiliate in Canada at that time. And I, and I never went, I was too intimidated. I, I, you know, and I bet you people can relate to that. Like I, I didn't, I thought about it for three years Crazy. basically. And, and then 2009 I graduated and I, I kind of felt like I was ready to, to try it or make the jump. And I had been playing ultimate Frisbee in university and that was my sport. And so I found CrossFit as, you know, kind of looking for cross training or how to, how to get better at ultimate. And, um, so I, I was back in Winnipeg and I st- stepped into CrossFit Winnipeg. And I remember I was put through baseline. Uh, do you, you guys remember baseline, right? Do you use baseline ever? At you haven't Rock? in a while, but no, uh, no. Uh, I think 500 meter row, 40 sit ups. Squats. Oh, squats. squats. Yeah. 30 sit-ups, yeah. 20 push-ups, and then 10 pull-ups. Right. 
And I, I remember just being like, I, you know, I don't know what happened with the pull-ups. I think I eventually got through them, but um, it was definitely a wide-eyed experience. And, and so I started training at CFW there for a bit. And I ended up back in Vancouver for a couple of years and I, and I trained there. And then I came, this is a long story, but I came oh, back okay. to Winnipeg in 2011 uh, and started back at CrossFit Winnipeg and, and immediately realized like this was finally, it had been a few years of sort of off and on. And finally, I was like, this is this is fun. And I found a bit of a community there that I really started to get enmeshed in. And and then uh, I did my level one because I, you know, as some of us do, it was like immediately like, OK, I need to learn more and, I, you know, be at the gym more than just one class a day or whatever. <laughs> and and I did my level one in 2012 in January. And uh, so I'll I'll skip through like so now that was. 10 years ago that I did my level one. I've since I restarted it in 2017 after uh, becoming a, a physiotherapist. And we can talk about that. But uh, and then I just recently had to research again, which is cool. Like you feel like a bit of an OG when you're having to research now for a second time. Yeah. And I did the I did the level two uh, in Vancouver earlier this year, uh, right. which was great. And uh, and so, yeah, but and then Zach and Jen, did I when did we meet? It would have been through co local competitions. Where were you guys training in 2011, 2012? Like, where, yeah. where, where were you guys? So I, I would say I kind of started like 2011 at like snap fitness. Nice. And I kind of came across <laughs> it because a, a friend gave me Cindy, you know, she yeah. saw me doing all these workouts and I thought, you know, wow. So, so simple, so boring. And then kind of got my butt whooped. And I'm like, man, this is such a weird thing. How can something so simple be so good? So I basically started a little bit on my own and then uh, I would say undefeated yeah. CrossFit early 2012. And then that would have started, you know, probably three, four or five months later, starting to enter local comps. Um, Cause yeah. yeah, it's weird how we've, we've just crossed paths a million times. Um, yeah, sure. I don't know when, when. Yeah. Well, I did, yeah. I did CrossFit. So I was at Freak Fitness starting in. Right. 2008, which was technically CrossFit Manitoba at the mm. time, although we did not use that word. Um, and so I went in CrossFit, maybe it was 2011, I don't remember. Like it was before I even did it open, I think. And I didn't even have my double unders and there was some buying with double unders and I was just, yeah, anyways, had my Reebok zigs on and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's where we kind of came across each other. Yeah. So that I mean, sounds... I think, you know, for 10 years for me seem, but you know, if I hear anybody say 2010 or earlier, like I'm like, Whoa, like that was in like the, <laughs> that was grassroots, right? The days like, where a 95 pound snatch was like yeah. the bomb. Or you couldn't even like, you couldn't even order a medicine ball off the internet. Like it was like, <laughs> it was like coming before equipment was available. Um, there's, there's so many things from, from back in those days. Five room toe shoes were a thing. Yeah. Uh, not that they're not maybe still a thing, but uh, what else? Yeah. Well, Blackberries. Like there was no videoing. Was no video <laughs> capabilities true. on our phones. Like yeah, there was no Instagram. Like yeah. it was so a blissful time. It's also, so, yeah. I mean, like it's fun to talk with people who've been around. You know, we did a podcast with Chris and Mittness, and there's, you know, I think that's why we stay connected. There's, there's people we connected with early on, and we've been at this for 10 years or more. Um, but we seem to always vibe really, like really, really good with the people who've been around a long time, but almost understand what we're doing, like to the core, like the, the true purpose of why we got into it and why we're doing, um, I think we've all dabbled in the competitive side a little bit, 
but you know, it, it was pretty, I mean, every time I, whatever, I start to lose sight of why I just, I, rem, I remind myself going back to 2011 or 2012 and um, granted I, I had an athletic background. So when I say bad at CrossFit, like, I don't know, I was still a newbie, like you said, um, but we had so much fun. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We were still safe, but we like, we just, we were so bad at it, but there was so much just enjoyment of getting better and learning. Um, and I think now as an owner of a gym, and again, I, I'm just assuming you feel the same way and same with, you know, when I mentioned Krista Mitness in the sense of we dabble in the competitive side and we kind of dabble in these things, but we always, we kind of return to this, this just pure enjoyment of um, moving and learning learning and enjoying being fit i suppose there's, sure. there's just you know at its core i feel like you know when you learn to enjoy it for what it truly is it, it is kind of a lifelong enjoyment of uh being healthy being fit moving uh, it's so much more than how much can you snatch how much can you deadlift kind of thing yeah yeah well so when you guys say we all dabbled in the competitive side of CrossFit, let's be honest, you two dabbled far deeper and more, <laughs> more successfully than I did. But, but, but yeah. And, and, you know, and that probably was part of the allure to me early on was this yeah. idea of the, you know, getting better and competing and, 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 you know, not so much competing against others. I don't think really drove me, but, but improving myself and, and, but, but, but you're right that, that it's been a long time for me since that was my drive. And, yeah. and, and I'll be totally honest. Like I'm not all that competitive as a, a you know, I don't think I'm a very competitive person. Um, it, it's been a long, and, and there's no reason this needs to be the case for anyone. I'm 35 just for context, I guess, but um, it's been over five years since I've like really tried to hit big numbers and, yeah. and, and, and there can be, there are people who, who can keep doing that for a really long time. And that's awesome. Uh, it's just, my my passion has changed, I think, a little bit, and and what I really enjoy doing is, uh, I, I, you know, but my passion for CrossFit hasn't changed in the yeah. sense that I st I still really just the thing that I regularly get back to, and I dabble in other things. I like to run. I did spin classes for a while. That was kind of fun for a little bit, but like I keep coming back to the CrossFit gym, um, and it's because of the people, and it's because of the way you feel during and after an hour in the in the gym. Um, and, and it's because if we really think about it, um, it's the most bang for your, not, not just for your buck, but for your time. I mean, wow. the, the health benefits of the type of training that we do are great. And, and so, and just for context, I, I've coached, you know, sort of throughout the last 10 years and I still do today. I coach at next level performance, uh, which is across the gym in, in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the, the last thing I'll say, which I think touches on what you were mentioning, Zach is, you know, when we get someone who comes into the gym for the first time, maybe like me having thought about it for a couple of years or whatever, and they like their eyes kind of light up after that first workout or after they first try that rope climb and, and they, they get a little bit of success or, or whatever it is. And now they're like, they're hooked and you see that kind of in their eyes and you're like that. I remember that feeling. Right. And that's so cool. Like it's so cool that 10 years later, there's still people coming into the gym and, and experiencing that a similar thing that we all experienced when we started. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, and just, just to mention it for everybody here. Uh, so Quinn works at, um, and trains at a CrossFit gym. We are currently not a CrossFit affiliate. Um, 
but the CrossFit term and the methodology, I mean, essentially lives in our DNA now. Um, you know, kind of rest in peace, CrossFit rocked, you know, I just, and even for legal purposes, everybody like, you know, we don't want to get in trouble. We're, we're not a CrossFit gym. Um, but we were, you know, in my fitness world, born and raised in CrossFit gyms and and the methodology. So it kind of lives, lives within us. Um, and everything we've been taught and, you know, learned through the courses, uh, you know, like I can't thank CrossFit enough for, you know, or Greg Glassman, you know, as much trouble as he got. in, I mean, the, this, this new world of strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning is just like, it's just, it's really helped out a lot of people. Um, and I just, I want people, you know, we'll get into some more topics, but based on what Quinn is saying is that like, it, it's just, it doesn't have to be this, this thing where, uh, like, it, you know, if you love it at the beginning, you should love it forever. You don't even have to do it forever, but you keep returning to it. I often say to people, you know, think about playing guitar. Like, it's not like, you know, oh, I'll do guitar for six months and then you grow to hate it. And then you just quit your guitar forever. Like it's okay to be in it, be out of it. Um, but you don't have to see just constant continuous progress to just enjoy it for its grassroots. Um, when I play music, I'm well aware I have no career in music. Um, I will never make it to the professional level of music, but that doesn't mean I can't just enjoy it for what it is. So even with fitness, you know, everybody, like if you don't get a muscle up one day, that's okay too. You know, double unders. I say to people, like, if you're going to quit CrossFit or quit your gym over snatches or double unders, I, I tell people, just cut your rope up, um, come back to it when you're ready, but you can swing a kettlebell instead, like just enjoying it for probably the reason people get hooked. Like you said, when their eyes light up the first time, returning to that original emotion uh, for me has been key as far as longevity as a coach and an owner. Um, but also as a guy who's competitive that I guess I just thrive in the environment that I fell in love with, not my constant pursuit of um, PRs. And, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's also different. Cause like back then in 2009 or even 2006, like, you know, you were nervous about it. And like, if you think about how far the sport has come. So for sure, when people are watching the CrossFit games now, mm. like, it's crazy, but it's only because some of these people have been doing it since then. So it's just, it's just evolved so much. Like I can remember when, you know, you got to put the 45s on the bar for a snatch. Like that was such a big deal to get those big plates on there. And it took years and then now that, you know, if people come, they're like, oh, like I'm only doing, you're like, yeah, but so did mm. I. Like I only did, I only did that too. It's, sure. I've been doing it for 15 years. Like, um, but yeah, it, it is. So give it us a, awesome. yeah, if, if we're good at transitioning now, mm -hmm. unless you got something to add, but um, I'd love to know the, the um, yeah, just, just your, um, your transition into being a physiotherapist sure. and also kind of remaining um, cause I mean, you work, your office is in next level performance, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, one thing I just want to mention, like even just to go back to the, the, the fact that rocked community fitness is, is the gym. I think community fitness is the best, the most appropriate term to encapsulate what makes the type of gym that, that, that rocked is and, and that I am yeah. a part of. Uh, distinct. I, I think it, it's, it goes well beyond methodology or no. trademark name or any of or specific type of programming. 
I think community fitness is such a great term. And so I, I, you know, I'm all for that. Um, and that's just, I I love that. I love that. I think that is the defining factor. I think that is what people love the most. Um, and, and then just Jen, how you mentioned how, you know, it, it can be easy to compare where you're at and because the sport of functional fitness or whatever we want to call it has grown so much in the last decade, it, it, maybe there can be aspects that could be, or Jack, you mentioned, you know, getting double unders or getting snatches that can be maybe demoralizing or demotivating. Um, it, one, one interesting counterbalance, uh, you know, or argument against that though, is, is like the, I wondered when the fittest on earth type documentaries, when some of those documentaries came out, I wondered what that would do to potential, you know, to new people and if it would scare them away, right. Would it, and, and, and I think more than anything, it's driven people into gyms like ours yeah. because they go like, yeah, sure. I don't expect to be rich Froning or whatever, or Annie Thoris daughter, but like, that's pretty cool. Like, and, yeah. and you're saying I could try a little bit of that and um, it can be really motivating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so, and, and then the last thing is when you're in the gym, it can be hard sometimes to put it in context, just who you've surrounded yourself with. Like, if someone steps into rock and they're relatively new, they're going to feel a little, and it would be normal probably to feel a little bit uncomfortable with, with not being as good at certain things as those around them. Um, but gradually they'll improve. And at some point they're going to look at what they need to remember is if they compare themselves to those not in the gym, they've made leaps and bounds in their fitness and in their function and in their health And this, you know, and, not that it's a competition, but the person who finishes last in, you know, whatever Metcon is doing more physical activity and, and driving more health benefits than 99% of the population. And when they go back to their workplace or their, or their household or, or wherever, um, pretty soon it's, it's going to be really obvious all the benefits that they've accrued, even if they're not the fittest in the gym. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and that, so that context can be interesting, but, yeah. uh, and for people like uh, us on the inside, like, you know, the, the recipe is, is so simple. Like, I'm just saying if, if anybody lives near next level, like it's literally like, you know, unless you don't vibe with the gym, but if, if you like, sure. if you like the people there go and stay mm-hmm. for a while, you're going to be good to go. Like you literally just have to show up, you know, in my opinion, like four days a week and in a year, if, if all you do is show up four days a week, like, I'm like, yeah, like you said, you are going to be you are now part of a, a wholly different different um, demographic as far as um, yeah. even even if you're not at your end goal yet, whatever that may be, I'm like, you are going to make massive strides by mm-hmm. essentially hanging out with hanging out with that crew. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I feel like I have those moments still all the time in the gym, and they're so you know being a business owner can be tough sometimes, but you just mm-hmm. have those moments where you look around and like look at this. I got mm. seven women. Yes. Pull-ups. Like it's nothing. And they're not, exactly. they didn't come from athletic backgrounds. Like they weren't college level athletes. Like they're just, they're doing pull-ups. It's no big deal. I got 97% of people squat snatching, like whether, no matter what the weight is, they're doing a squat snatch. It's like the most yeah. complex, um, you know, movement and they're just doing it. Like they don't even know. So again, it's like you're comparing, they're comparing to the person beside them. But I'm like, look around, like we got chronic mm-hmm. disease everywhere. We have people shutting mm-hmm. it down at 33. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. done for life. <laughs> like, 
Um, and I have, you know, 60 year olds that are still wanting to power snatch and Yeah. It's just, it's very magical. I'll never forget a moment like that. Like I, I moments like that are so great, Jen, and I'm not a, a gym owner, so I could, but I can imagine that it would be tough sometimes when you're just in it and there's all the complications of running a business, but to, to step back and see the good that you're doing. I remember taking a photo, I was coaching a class and we were doing handstand holds or something. And, and, and there was like 14 people along the wall, all hand, holding a handstand. I was like, okay, everybody stay there. I'm going to take a photo. And just, it was this extremely diverse class, right? People from all, all kind of walks and, and levels of fitness. And here I have 14 people holding themselves upside down through their arms. What percentage of the population can do that? Right? Like, let's be honest. Wow. Um, you mentioned just the benefit, the benefits of participating gradually over time. And you're, and you're exactly right that health and fitness benefits don't come overnight. And um, sometimes it can be challenging to uh, slow down and, and, and acknowledge that it's not a race um, to get, to get healthy um, because we want results and we want to get fitter and we want to add weight every day and, and, yeah. and, and we want to beat our PRs. But, um, but actually, and, and this ties in, I'm going to get into my background as a physio, but one of the things that, that we as, as, as fitness in, in these contexts as coaches, and also as a physiotherapist, what I get to do, what I get to do, like, as in, it's a, it's a massive privilege to be able to potentially expose people and, and introduce people in a very positive way to resistance training, to muscle strengthening activities as the Canadian exercise society guidelines describe it. And we know unequivocally that the benefit, and, and it's not just muscle strength, it's also cardiovascular exercise and high intensity exercise. So the benefits of, of exercise, the benefits of resistance training, the benefits of cardiovascular exercise are, you know, among the most well-founded uh, uh, pieces of, of sort of health evidence that we that we have right um and, and that is to say there's a there's a lot of information out there as to what you're supposed to do to, yeah. to improve or optimize your health um but but it's sort of a lot of it is conjecture and and based on people's preferences and and that sort of thing but what we do really know is that people who regularly participate in resistance exercise and and who regularly achieve sort of moderate to vigorous cardiovascular activity um have incredibly uh, uh, large benefits in their, in their health. And that's just not just living longer, but delaying disease and remaining independent in their homes, uh, and, and all the other benefits that come along with that. So you're right in the grand scheme, like getting a muscle up is awesome, yeah. but, uh, having people at any age participating in vigorous exercise and resistance training is just like, it's so important. And, uh, it's such an important thing to be doing. Yeah. And I just, we know it's this beautiful thing. We're not even, I mean, we're, we're biased, I suppose, because we're on the inside. I mean, yes, we run a gym, but, um, you know, we've known these things for a long, long time. And um, uh, kind of what you just said about the Canadian Health Association or whatever mm -hmm. body you had there. I remember like, uh, you know, Coach Ron from our gym, uh, who's also a physio, he talks very similar, you know, similar language. Mm -hmm. And he, he showed me they came out with a new, he's like, this is why we like what we do. Because he said, it literally check every workout you're checking all the boxes so he said like 100%. resistance training check um you know cardio twice a week or three times whatever the suggested recommend check you know um balance control so he said like you know he said in a in a purely 
you know, scientific way um, handed down from whoever's handing it down from the Canadian medical board. I'm making up a bunch mm -hmm. of terms right now, but, but it's like, you know, it, it's not like this thing we made up, like hey, we, we like throwing a ball and we like running till we fall over. It's like, no, we're, we're, we're actually just following the things that, or CrossFit discovered this a long time ago as well. It's like, Hey, let's kind of like combo all this stuff together. And <laughs> yeah. um, it's just, like you said, it's the best bang for your buck and best bang for your time, I suppose. Yeah. And, and, and it, it puts it into context. Like um, what are we trying to, there's a lot of different types of exercise and, and those would be driven by different reasons to exercise. Right. And so, um, you know, as you mentioned, CrossFit being an originator of some of these ideas, the idea there was, was sort of, you're right. It was a little bit innovative um, yeah. and it was strikingly simple. And it was just like, let's optimize fitness, which is sort of measurable in the sense that like, what can we physically do um, over uh, the, the classic kind of jumble of words, broad time and modal domains. Right. So it's like, we should be able to do the most things, the most fitness, um, you know, over a wide range of contexts of tasks. And, and in order to do that, we started training this type of way, right? Lifting heavy things, lifting lighter things quickly, running, you know, jumping, doing gymnastics. And it, it turns out that that type of training happens to sort of also optimize um, health in, in yeah. many, many ways. Yeah. And, and there's other styles of training. So, for example, if someone wants to do not, not what we just described, but they want to um, run a marathon, well, that can be very healthy. But it's a, a relatively specific you know, form of performance, and it would have certain health benefits, but it might miss out on some of the other ones. Yeah. Versus if someone wants to be a bodybuilder and just have big muscles, um, that's awesome. And there's lots of health benefits associated with that type of training, but it may miss out on certain other ones. Yeah. But if our goal is to sort of optimize our fitness uh, and, and maybe our preparedness for life, well, we're also probably uh, hitting on kind of most of those health outcomes in, in a way where, uh, unfortunately, I think people who look to exercise and, and don't come into one of our facilities, sometimes they're led down other paths, right? Um, where some some aspects of the of the the potential health benefits of exercise, you know, kind of are going to be ticked off, but maybe many others aren't. And uh, unfortunately, that's just um, that's uh, a reality, I suppose, of yeah. kind of where the the general um, population or, or media awareness of, of sort of what is exercise or what is health or what is fitness kind of, uh, exists, but within, within our spaces, I think we've kind of, uh, pinned it down pretty well, uh, yeah. so far and not that we're not continuing to learn. No. And that's, I mean, we're like EC Sinkowski says on one of her podcasts, like someone's like, do you have to lift weights? No, you don't have to. But my professional recommendation is you should. You should, yeah. You're, just oh, kind of, you're kind of missing, you know, you're kind of missing that element of probably yeah. optimal, yeah. you know, health and longevity purposes. And, and I think, density. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as owners of a, uh, you know, of a functional fitness gym or community fitness gym, and I'm sure Justin, owner of your gym, uh, we're also very, I like to think we're, we're totally okay with where we're at. And we're, we're, I don't think I've ever heard an owner say we are better because it's just like, what benefits do we offer? We kind of offer sure. a little bit of everything. Um, so, I mean, like I, again, if somebody is in spin classes or they're into hiking, it's, it's, it's always better than nothing. Absolutely. 100%. Um, if you're missing a box, yeah, perhaps then things could be a bit better if you checked off that box, but um, yeah. 
anyway, yeah. I think we're all, that, we're all here for the same reason. Yeah. That's, that's totally great. And one of the, and, and the final thing is, you know, if we were say, do you have to lift weights? Well, well, not necessarily, but could you improve your health if you did? Maybe. Would it be great if it was fun? Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out, I think that's what we can do. And, and would it be great if other people were doing it with me? So yeah. I didn't have to do it by myself. Yeah. Like, and if we could do those two things, I might keep doing it. I yeah. might show up week after week, day after day and actually start to enjoy it. And, and that's why, I mean, this is why all of us are still doing this, right? If we just knew it was good for us, we all know lots of things that are good for us that yes. we don't keep doing, right? Yes. We do the things that fit in our lifestyle and that we want to do. And so when we can make fitness fun, right? And a community event, oh, that's how we get people coming in or that's how people, you know, stick with it for long periods. Oh. Spe speaking of which, I, I want to just... Uh, address the question you asked, Zach. So uh, you asked me about how I became a physiotherapist and I'll, yeah. I'll just share that really briefly. Yeah. So, so I, my, my path was, was going down a very different career trajectory. Um, I did a business degree in, in undergrad and, and I was um, very close to enrolling in law school just because it was sort of the next thing that I thought I, I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but it was very clear um, around that time in my early twenties, the existential crisis was already beginning and, and I, there was no, clear career path for me that I was really excited about. And I got, as I began coaching exercise um, or coaching, you know, in the CrossFit space, uh, I would leave uh, after a day, maybe a block of three classes, um, exhausted, but just, but energized at the same time, like having had just the most positive, challenging, but positive experience. And um, I remember sort of thinking like, this would be a cool thing to do with, with my career. Um, you know, what do I do next? And, and what I decided to try was, um, I go, okay, well, I don't have much of a background in, in this area. Um, and, and what university course might I, might I go to? And, uh, and so instead of law school, I, I started taking prerequisites for physiotherapy and I took my first anatomy and physio, uh, physiology courses and just all of a sudden was kind of like hooked and really loved them cool. and, um, uh, and, and got into physical therapy, uh, and, and just really, um, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for, for the profession. It, it was really great for me. Um, it's a, it's a profession that that's growing, um, and has a lot of learning still to do, uh, yeah. which I'm, I'm, I'm a part of it. And I, I began with, with clinical practice, uh, which I still do. And as you mentioned, I practice out of two, uh, gyms, but I, uh, but I also have recently gone back to school within the same faculty. Uh, I'm, doing a master's of science in rehabilitation sciences. And um, my interests are actually, my research interests are in the experience that patients um, have when they participate in physiotherapy or when they see a physiotherapist for pain or rehabilitation consultation and, um, and how we as physiotherapists, just like as coaches and gym owners have uh, an opportunity to either um, create a very positive experience uh, that is empowering or, and at the same time, we have the, the potential to sort of create, uh, to close, close doors, um, yeah. with, with, without being really conscious of, of how we're, we're framing the narratives around in my context, um, injury and pain. Um, and, uh, and I think that as physiotherapists, we're really still learning about, not just about which, what muscles do what, and what are the best exercises for this type of rehab? but also how can we ensure that physiotherapy is an empowering and positive experience um, that 
promotes people back to um, sort of taking full control of their of their lives, let's say. So those are the areas that uh, that I'm interested in in now. Yeah, cool, man. That's a that's really cool. Yeah, love the story. Love kind of how you. I think this would be a very different podcast if we said, "How did you become a physio?" You're like, I don't know. Uh, my brother did it, so I did it. <laughs> Um, cool. that would have been my, that would have been my law school story, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> that would have been it. Yeah. Which is fine, much. I, I'm just an advocate for people to do what they love and be happy. And I, I feel like when you, you change gears like that, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer that change is always good. Um, even when it's rough sometimes, you know, you got your law degree, I'm sure, uh, a transition or a change is not easy, but it does. I think it always leads you to the place where you actually want to go. Um, mm. so you, you to shift gears and go into physio. I mean, like that was a, uh, you know, that wasn't a, a decision based on momentum. You basically have to stop the train and say, whoa, okay, I'm kind of going in a direction I don't think I love. <laughs> These business admin courses aren't going to help yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's also cool too, the way you said like, hey, I really like this. What's a career in this field kind of thing? And because I had mm. the same moment where um, mm. I, I almost didn't know. And I, you know, what's a career in this? And like, ah, I'll, you know, maybe I want to run a gym. Like it just, um, kind of fell in love with this whole, you know, in a similar way, you know, we took uh, different paths, but uh, I guess the light bulb was like, Hey, I like this thing. Um, I think I kind of want to stay in this area, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we also love people on, you know, we're, you know, we're outside of the, the medical rehab space. We always love people on the inside. It, it brings us hope that, you know, we have doctors in the gyms and chiropractors and physiotherapists, mm. anybody in that space that also can, you know, when we can start, I guess, building that bridge of, um, and I think this is what we want to get into next of essentially it, it's whether this is overused, but like movement is medicine. Um, getting people to understand that, uh, you know, our, our bad backs and our bad knees and our bad shoulders, they don't have to be bad forever. Um, we also know this is probably why, we reach out to people like you is when we, you know, whether you would know this more than me, but whether this is, it, it, I, I believe it's science-based, but it's very, mm, what's the word for when you just experience it firsthand. Um, uh, there, there's a term for it, but basically we, we've seen it firsthand for, for years. Like I got, I got a coach who's got like this awful shoulder from baseball and then like five years later, he's like, man, like it's better now than it was when I was 20. Like it's, we're kind of, you know, I don't think we consider ourselves old, but I, I feel um, at 35, I had, um, you know, if I were rolling back 15 years, I started getting tons of back issues in hockey. Almost every year I'd be out one, two, three, four weeks, sometimes multiple times in a season, back injury, back injury, back injury. And, you know, I started getting into CrossFit and he's oh, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. And I'm like, you know what? The movement that gave me the most trouble, um, you know, the deadlift, like the hardest thing I'm using quotations now, everybody, um, <laughs> can't see over a zoom call, but the hardest movement on your back in quotations, mm -hmm. um, perhaps the one I had to watch out for the most, but I, I, my back has never been better. Knock on a lot of wood right now. Um, it's almost like these movements are actually what gave me the strength and yeah. the stability and, and, and the freedom well, to be like, I feel like a healed human again. And um, just from coming from a sport that I guess led me into some injuries um, that I just thought, man, I'm going to be living with a bad back forever. Like I, you know, there was times I couldn't deadlift 135, you know, without back pain. And um, anyway, just, I, 
I also like, I guess I just, I owe a lot to um, CrossFit and this way of life as far as like, yes, we're in this, you know, conservative sport of way of exercise and it is, it is, can be intense and things like that. So it leads to, um, you know, it can lead to an injury like any, any activity can, but I also think the, the long-term play is it's going to heal more than it's going to, um, you know, injure or hurt. So, um, I guess it's nice to have people like you on the inside that are very, not, you know, not very vocal, but yeah, clearly you're, you're pushing for people to get out there and move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to just touch on a couple of things there, you know, first off practitioners being on the inside or rather, you know, the continuum of health, if it starts from, well, wherever, which end of the spectrum we look at, but let's say it started out with illness and it ends with like performance and, and, you know, all great health benefits. It's just a spectrum. It's just a continuum through there. So the, the needs of someone who's in a, a, a rehabilitation phase because they underwent an injury or they have pain versus the needs of someone who is, you know, relatively healthy, but would like to improve their health or their performance. Um, don't, they don't differ by a lot. It, it yeah. really just by, by degree to some degree. Right. Um, and so we need to be able to be on the same page and, and ideally yeah. to collaborate. And, and, and this is a, this is a great reason, as you said, why, why we've connected um, today, even, you know, and in past with, with, with members getting back into the gym and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and actually along that line, I, I've been, I love teaching a, a, sort of since I've, become a practitioner. And, um, I get to teach in a little bit in the faculty of physical therapy right now at university of Manitoba. And I just, I fresh in my mind right now, because last night I did my last of these sessions where, um, all of the PT grads. So in second year now, uh, this is the third year I've been able to do this. Um, I do a session with them in the gym. Uh, we do it at the high performance center at U of M, which has platforms and it's where the, all the bison teams train. And we, we introduced them all to back squatting, to deadlifting, to the snatch and the clean. And then we put them through like a, a high intensity workout, like five minutes of stations and, and kick their butts a little bit. And the idea, you know, in my context, I use some of these techniques as in rehabilitation, probably because right. I work with, with crossfitters and athletes, but, but also with, with a wide range of, of people, I would be interested in helping them to try out a, lifting a barbell for, for all kinds of great reasons, but also just so that um, every physiotherapy grad, you know, sort of at least has a general idea, has been exposed to some of these things. Um, and, and hopefully that, that ensures that none of them enter their practice with any sort of specific stigma around the safety of these types of, this type of training. And, and when someone comes in saying, I hurt my shoulder doing a, a snatch or whatever, they at least know what they're talking about. And it turns out the PT students love it because why wouldn't they? Cause it's fun. Uh, and, uh, and many of them come in already with a background just like I did. Um, but, uh, but not everyone. And it's really cool, uh, to, to get to do that. Um, I've also taken students as a, you know, in my clinical practice where they come in and it's part of the, the education program, you have to do clinical placements and, and, uh, all three times I'm a little bit biased. I've, I've been able to take three students over my career so far. They've all been CrossFitters. Uh, coming in because I know what they they bring to the table. I already know we have a, a shared understanding of certain things, yeah. uh, and that's been really fun. Uh, so far, already one of them has opened up his own space within a CrossFit gym. Uh, there's actually Dustin at Undefeated, which is great, nice. and um, and so it's it's growing. We're getting there. We're we're bridging yeah. the gap. We're yeah. bridging the divide, right? 
Uh, one one more thing, Zach. You mentioned like you mentioned that you know we talked about safety uh, and you said injuries can happen in the gym as they can happen anywhere. And that's true. And I think um, the reality is injuries are a part of life. And um, uh, if, if we were to stop doing things out of fear of injury, uh, we would have uh, real risks associated with not participating in activities. Right. Um, So, and actually there is a little bit of data that actually looks at injury risk in sports like weightlifting and uh, functional fitness. And they're very safe uh, in terms of objectively comparing to other other athletic pursuits. Yeah. Um, the, the most recent sort of um, sort of a, there's a, been a systematic review that sort of looked at all the the different injury uh, prevalence studies in this type of training, and they show anywhere from sort of one to eight injuries per thousand participation hours. And that whether that's so whether that sounds like a lot. Um, it's not. It's a very low amount. Um, running would have considerably higher. Uh, any type of contact sport or field sport would have considerably higher, like upwards of sort of 20 to 60 injuries per thousand participation hours. So in, in comparison to that, um, weightlifting, CrossFit style training is extremely safe. And most injuries, so any one of those injuries are almost always relatively minor, right? It's oh, very rare to have a catastrophic injury that's going to drastically change the trajectory of your of your life from from exercise um aches and pains muscle strains tweaks these are common um they're usually not serious we usually recover from them quite quickly and so um they're annoying uh they're the bane of many of our our members who who just want to keep getting stronger and when something happens that sets them back a bit it's really a bummer, but um, in the long run, the health benefits massively outweigh the risks, and the risks are very small uh, uh, in comparison to most other activities. Yeah. And 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 that I think that information goes against some perhaps stigma around um, around these types of things as per, as perhaps being dangerous, um, which is just simply not true. Uh, the last thing is just the deadlift, Zach. You know, and you mentioned that that one being perhaps one of the most maligned exercises, right? And you said when you when you came out of hockey uh, with back pain and everybody was telling you you need to be careful around deadlifts um, because it's challenging on your back. Yes, that's absolutely that's absolutely true. Yeah. Right. When we deadlift, the muscles in our back are working really hard to help us brace against that load. Um, and yet, if if our back was kind of weak or if we had injuries in the past, how else are we going to make it stronger? Yes. Yeah. Right. Rest helps a little bit immediately, yeah. but in the long run, we, we adapt to to what we ask of our body. We adapt to the to the demand. Our bodies, our our biological systems that are going to respond to the stresses. So as long as that stress isn't too great, and the way we avoid that is by you know progressively, gradually, progressively loading. And this is what coaches are for. This is why we you know have programs. Um, it's common sense to be honest. Yeah. If someone tries to lift way more than they have tried before. They would, they may well increase their risk of injury, yeah. and we may, in retrospect, go maybe that wasn't the best idea. Uh-huh. But, but that act to suggest that a given exercise, whether it's a deadlift or any other exercise, is in itself dangerous or injurious, as in uh, sort of a bad, let's malign it, is a bad exercise, is nonsense. And unfortunately, these are prevalent narratives uh, that people may come into the gym uh, with, and and again, we get to. Um, expose people and you know to to the positive side and to the reality that they're not that they're very safe and we can reassure that they have a coaching eye on them and, and that type of thing um but in the long run 
just gradual progressive loading, uh, our bodies are really resilient and really good at adapting to that. So um, it's too bad that those narratives are so are so prevalent. Yeah, I, I thought I like to think we're. I mean, I think we always we're always going to stay on the side of hope as far as like, I think we're doing, I think we're doing good. You're doing good. I think we're, um, we're working on, I guess, knocking down those walls and barriers to make sure people know, um, at least the seven people who are listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't hope Zach. You don't have to hope you are yeah, like yeah. you are right. Yeah. It's just, and it's so powerful. Yeah. What, and just ask, I mean, I know you like just ask any of your members, right. But yeah. it's so powerful. Um, making extra making exercise fun and 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 you know and positive and, and bringing our passion that we all have that we have for it uh is infectious often as well so no, i think is, the thing we're most good. passionate about is bringing in more bringing in more people to uh yeah to, to kind of see it that way right i think yeah. there's there might be people who are super against it there's people who are super for it like our, you know the long-term members already know it i think there's a group in the middle that we're that's what we're working hard on to yeah. I think sway them in the right direction to say, Hey, like, I know the deadlift is hard on your back. We're not going to be the ones to overload you or hurt it more. We're, we're trying to show you that like, Hey, it's you in know, your control too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, deadlift, um, you know, deadlift 30 pounds, you know, quit worrying about hundred or 200, 300, just deadlift 30. If you're pain free, Hey, maybe next week we go to 40, maybe the next week we go to 50. And I, I think that's the sign of progressive overload that we use that people don't quite, they, it's like they wait for, Hey, my back feels good today. I'm going to go back to, I normally dead the 300. I'll go back to 300. I'm trying to say like, it's always this game of progressive overload. Like even for me, if, if I've been doing this, um, you know, 11 years, like if I, and I, I like to think, you know, you're my coach or whoever coaches me. Like when I deadlift, um, I work really hard on all the, you know, the tips I can get and the cues that I need. But if, if I have a day where if I wake up the next day, my back is very sore. That is just a sign. I lifted too much. It's not that I couldn't lift it because I did lift it, but probably too much for what my body needed that day. And um, that's a message to some, maybe some veterans out there or new people on that. It's not whether you can, it's, it's a little bit of like, how did it make you feel the next day? Because I, I'm a big believer in, you don't need to do it every day, but you could in the sense of, um, you, you could deadlift every day and you don't need to wreck your back just to pull a certain weight. But I think that's a, the, the progressive overload message. Everybody that we try to give is, um, it's essentially what's best for your body today. Um, and tomorrow and the next day. And you know, it's, it's not a game of what, what we can lift. I suppose it, yeah. it's what's going to help us. Yeah. Well, I agree. So I love that take Zach. And sometimes in the, in the principle of progressive overload, we assume that in order to make gains, we have to do more, right? We have to do more every time. And sometimes we can do that. Um, what I'll, well, actually I'll, I'll refer you and maybe your listeners, if they're interested, there's okay. another pod, another podcast called barbell medicine. Um, and, uh, it's, it's hosted by a couple of doctors who, who are very well versed as, as power lifters and, uh, very pro, uh, resistance training, let's say, um, and, and they have a recent podcast uh, where they discuss the principles of overload and some misconceptions. And I think one misconception that they touch on is this idea that, as I just said, it has to be more, it has to be more, or rather that the adaptations follow the demand, meaning we have to push our body further than it wants to go, and then it will catch up. And that's how we've thought about, I think that's how many of us have thought about 
resistance training for a long time. We've thought about overload as you have to kind of overdo it a little bit and then your body w- in order to it, yeah, sort of right. It's, yeah. right. But, but actually maybe a, a more appropriate way to think of it is when we challenge our body enough that our body has to respond, doesn't mean it needs to be maximal. And in fact, there's lots of science on if our goal is strength or if our goal is hypertrophy, like how much challenge is sufficient to begin to drive adaptation. And the answer is like, uh, it does not need to be a, a, a one RM, right? And in fact, it can be considerably easier than that to begin to drive adaptation, especially in more novice uh, uh, trainees. But if we ask our body to do something challenging, but it doesn't need to overshoot, right? Then what will happen is our body will adapt and super compensate so that next time we will likely just be able to do a bit more, right? So in a sense, the um, the increase in our ability follows after, you know, sort of that super compensation, that recovery from the previous effort. We yeah. don't need to push it. We don't need to force it. When we train, we will get stronger. And the next time we train, that same load will be a bit easier. So we might do a bit more, right? Yeah, so it's and, almost it, like you, you know, um, Jen, you should talk here for a bit because I just jump in and <laughs> dominating the side of it. But yeah, like this idea that we need to go, we need to push our limits. You know, we we hear, oh, I I pushed my limits and I got hurt or something. Like, well, actually, if you stay like if you stay well within your limits, like you said, then your 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 limits will improve, and then you still stay within your limits, but you're getting better. It's not this idea of exactly. wow, last time I I I ran a mile, today it's two miles, and it's like no, sometimes if you just run less than a mile or just repeat that mile it's still going to improve your capabilities. Yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it. I like that. Well, I think one of the, one of the reasons that um, like, I love your practice and I don't know if this is kind of the new methodology in physiotherapy of um, working more one-on-one, but I think what's so special is giving patients that roadmap back. So, I mean, I've been in physio, I mean, multiple times through the years and luckily like I kind of have that background. I know how to progressive do progressive overloading when I return to the gym. And when we take something like pregnancy, you know, people are like, Whoa, like don't do anything, go slow. Like they kind of have that in their mind already. But yet when we have, you know, a back injury or a knee injury or an ankle injury, whatever else it may be, it's kind of this, okay, let's get the pain to stop. Okay. Back to a hundred. Like there's Mm. no roadmap of, you know, maybe I don't need to jump a 20 inch box as my first try with impact. Like maybe I should be jumping onto a plate. Maybe I should be doing some broad jumps. Um, and so what I was finding is that people in the gym were just re-injuring things, re-injuring things and couldn't get in out of this cycle. And I was, you know, kind of trying to figure it out. And I think that that roadmap back is what's is like the missing link of like, teaching them about that progressive overload, like, okay, you can't just go back and do this. So I don't know if that's something that you, you're only doing, or it's like now that's starting to become a thing or it just, well, doing it. <laughs> no, you're, you know, you're, you're so right. Um, I, I don't think it's, you know, I, I appreciate that Jen, but the truth is that's, that's actually really a foundational principle of rehab. And, and to some degree, it's, it should be what all physiotherapists are aiming to do, right? Is to sort of, we assess someone to identify where they're at, and then we build a plan to identify, you know, to, to, that we think will help them get to where they want to be. And, uh, but I think in the, in the returning to a, a, a sport context, or and in our case, not a sport necessarily, but a, a training context, um, 
it can be a little bit difficult to bridge the gap fully. And sometimes I think, physio, you know, and this would be the truth for any sport, let's say, if I was working with an elite baseball pitcher, which I don't, uh, I don't have patients who are elite baseball pitchers. But the truth is, I might not be the most prepared to, to help them go from shoulder surgery to the demands of you know, of pitching uh, uh, a pro game. But, but that's just because that's not my area of expertise. And, and the same would be the case for many physiotherapists, uh, I suppose, who are working with someone who wants to get back into the CrossFit gym. If, they, if they're not really well versed in, in what the demands of the CrossFit gym might be, then they would have a hard time guiding the patient on, on how to reintroduce. So they would probably be most comfortable sort of saying, you know, I think you should do rehab until yeah. I kind of clear you and then, you know, and then you take it from there. And unfortunately, the person uh, may may be sort of left without much guidance. And the other thing that's challenging is when they get back into the CrossFit gym, we all have an ego and that ego is just telling us this is what you could do, right? You can do this um, or you can beat that person next to you or whatever it might be. And it, it can be really tough to let go of those things. And, and we've all been there, right? Where we kind of... Um, assume that uh, on any given day, we should be able to match a, a previous performance. And and then we realize that's not always true. So in, in a rehab or a return to activity context, um, it, it's, it's helpful perhaps for some people to have a little bit more guidance on that. And um, so when I'm working with a CrossFitter, um, of course, one of the first things we're going to start talking about is, um, okay, you know, I hurt myself yesterday uh, or, or, or last week, let's say. Uh, whatever the injury might be. First off, can I still go to the gym? And and nine, you know, I I want that answer to be yes, as often as possible. But usually, they need some sort of plan as to how that's going to work because they might not just be ready to jump in and do the workout as prescribed uh, as they might normally. Um, and then in the meantime, there may be some homework or some extra drills or whatnot to help bridge that gap. It may just be a case of it's going to take some time. And, you know, as things feel better, you can gradually reintroduce. But but you're right. The piece that might be missing for some uh, some people is um, what does it look like when it really comes to getting back into the CrossFit gym? Uh, and it, you're usually zero to, to, to 100 is not the best the best plan. Yeah. And I think the the message, you know, from us as owners and coaches is like, let us be, you know, that kind of handholding from the, mm -hmm. because of course, I know that many people do not have that experience, but I think they, so many people feel like, you know, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to have to modify. I, you know, I, I don't want to ask questions. I don't, you know, and it's like, that's why we're here. Like yeah. that's what we love. We love that. Like you're going to ask us, you trust us, you like, we want to keep you safe. Like you're like, this is going to sound harsh, but like, you're no good to us. If you can't come back, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I need you to be able to keep coming and keep enjoying it. And that's never going to happen if I let you do something that's like not safe for you. So mm -hmm. I think just more and more, I feel like with the pregnancy and postpartum, it's becoming this thing now that it's just totally normal to go back. Um, you know, like early postpartum and, and join in and modify and your coach knows what's going on. And I want that to be the case with all tweak or injury or surgery or whatever it may be, just this super open line of communication and um, yeah, just keeping people healthy. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, Feeling you know, good. Yeah. And I, um, we serve a different purpose than you and, and, different than someone's GP, right? I think like someone's doctor holds 
some trust and power in their life and their physio does too. And, sure. um, and, and, and ultimately we all want what's best for the person. I think we're all trying to do the best job we can with what we have, but, um, yeah, I think for people to, um, to be with a physio, they, they trust and enjoy, um, uh, to get them going, but also to, um, I mean, you know, I guess to be with any, you know, again, for, for Justin at his gym or us at our gym, um, I guess, yeah, we're, we're well-versed in the area as far as trying to get somebody back to where they were and keep them as safe as possible. And I think there's a, yeah, there's, there's a, a chance for everybody to slowly ramp it up in the gym. Um, if we can just kind of almost learn to just be patient and trust each other. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, just, uh, just to maybe finish on that thought, like, I think, you know, whether you need information from, from your GP or your physiotherapist or your coach, the, the truth is, uh, it's not always, it's not always super complicated. And, and in many cases, I would trust you as coaches, um, to, to help the, the, in many cases, in every case, I would trust you as coaches to help that person find their way back in, in the gym. Yeah. Um, and in the same way that if someone has back pain, uh, it is not drastically different, let's say, from someone who just simply is not yet prepared to do a certain activity. If someone comes into the gym and says, I'm not ready to do a box jump, well, we as coaches are going to figure out, well, okay, what would be an appropriate progression that for you today? And that would allow you to be challenged, but would also help to progress you towards that box jump. And maybe we have to do some reassurance. Maybe we have to set up some guide rails so that you feel safe doing it. Um, the same principles would be would be at play in many cases if someone has pain or injury it may just need to start from uh making sure that that person has an understanding of what's going on uh with that injury or with that uh with that aspect of pain what's safe what's not and but as soon as they have that basic idea um the progressions really aren't that aren't that much different and there's so much that we can do as coaches um to keep people participating in the gym to keep people uh you know, developing their strength to, to, or at least um, reducing the setback that might, that might be a reality when, when there's an injury. Um, and, you know, you can almost always, not always depends on the injury, but uh, getting on, a, on an air bike or, uh, uh, you know, is all, is very often uh, something that people can tolerate. So yeah. even worst case uh, we can, we can always find something that, that people can do. Um, so, uh, so again, I don't, as a physiotherapist, I, there are, there, there are things that I, I know that I can do to help. Um, but I also don't, I don't hold a lot of, I don't hold tightly my, my expertise as being so precious that, um, that everybody needs to come and see me. The absolute reality is, um, you know, many of us can help, can help people, uh, uh, participate and stay in their gym. And, uh, if someone's not sure, let's make sure that, that we get them the right information, but, uh, it's not, it's not always rocket science. Let's just say. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. You're very, yeah, very humble guy. And I, I think ultimately that's what this episode is about helping people help themselves in a way. Um, cause of course going to see a physio makes sense in a lot of situations. Um, but like you said, it, it is like, I, we, we view it that way. And I, I don't like when people feel overwhelmed with anything, but it is, it isn't yeah. rocket science. And I think after dealing with multiple injuries and setbacks, um, you know, basically I had to learn, I guess the hard way, but the sooner I got back to my activity of choice, the better. Um, so it's like, I would get back sooner. You know, we learned this with, with yeah. postpartum, just, we got to get back sooner, way sooner than maybe we used to think like, Oh, instead of taking 
you know, my back was sore. So I could, I'd wait eight weeks. Um, I'd still wake up with back pain. Right. And we, I think this has been researched as well as they're finding. Yes. Correct. The rest is, is literally almost doing nothing. Sometimes the back feels a bit less pain, but they found like, you're basically still at square one. So I think we're all discovering and hopefully trying to share the message that, um, we got to go back sooner and we just got to go way easier and lighter when, it's, when do we start things off. So instead of nothing for eight weeks, it's let's just slowly ramp it up. And like you said, if it's, if it's air bike and I know this is a check on the ego. So the other lesson is um, you got to really put that ego aside. But um, I learned the last time that like, if I just got the PVCO and did 50 deadlifts with essentially no weight and, you know, some air squats, like it was, I mean, it was, this is not science-based, but I'm like, my back came, it was, it was twice as quick this time, just by, um, just doing something that wasn't causing me any more agony. Um, but yeah, just, you know, I think we've all found out moving sooner is better as long as we are very uh, smart about it. Yeah. Well, well, don't, uh, Zach, don't don't let any of your viewers take this as specific medical advice. But what I'm what I'm going to tell you is, you're you're dead on. And the absolute reality is, um, the the body heals itself. Yeah. Uh, we don't heal people. Uh, nobody has magic hands that that does you know, that 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 heals. Okay, we can do things that make people feel better. We can do things that make people feel more comfortable or feel uh, uh, supported. Um, but the absolute reality is. Uh, within reason, we allow the body to heal and then we gradually get back to activities. And uh, if we do that, uh, usually, you know, usually things go pretty well. I've, I've drastically oversimplified rehab right there. But, yes. the, but the truth is like, it's not always, oh, it's not always that complicated. Yeah. And when we, when we add layers of, you know, you need to do this specific rehab exercise or your injury was occurred because of this specific um, sort of conjectural reason, uh, you know, uh, we overcomplicate things sometimes, uh, for sure. Uh, I had an interesting, I, I certainly won't give away any details. I had an interesting phone call just from the community today. Uh, someone called because they'd been referred to a physiotherapist. And the first thing I could tell she she thought was she didn't need to see a physiotherapist. Um, this was a person coming back from a foot injury and she'd just been given orders that she could begin weight bearing. And she said to me, I don't know. I don't think I need to see a physiotherapist. I, I've started walking a little bit. I think I can handle it myself. Uh, uh, and I don't, I don't really see what the whole of us is. <laughs> she, goog she Googled a couple of the terms. She got them right. And she said, yeah, I'm doing some stretching at home. And, and, and the absolute reality is she probably doesn't. And yeah. what we just decided, what we decided was that she's going to take it for a few weeks. And if she runs into any roadblocks, she's going to let me know. And, yeah. and we can take it from there. But um, many of us like, you know, have the tools and, and have the have the ability to, to take care of ourselves. Um, it's when, uh, it's when we're not sure, uh, you know, if it's safe to take that first step, then sometimes someone can, can reassure you and, and set you in the right direction. But well, yeah, no, that's, that, that's great. Like not only to keep moving, but I think we, we talk a lot about habits and when people have that habit of going to the gym dialed in, like, I'm not sure sometimes practitioners maybe don't realize like, you know, to say to someone, you can't do that for six weeks, like that habit is essentially broken. And now we're starting again with having to, you know, go to the gym and make time for this. And it can really like, it can derail people for years. Um, mm -hmm. so, even, yeah, even it's, mentally it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very tough on people mentally. Yeah. They, they're exhausted because they, they feel hopeless. Okay. I can't go to my, my favorite place, my happy place. And, yeah. um, and I felt this every, every time I, you know, um, injured my back, 
every time it's like, like it was, it was, it almost could leave you in tears. It's, it's exhausting. And it's, um, it leaves you feeling broken. And I think I, I, I always hope like one listener gets something out of this today. It's just that you're not broken. There's just like, I mean, NFL players blow their ACL and then return next season. Like it, it's crazy what the body can do in the right circumstances. Like we can come back, um, better and stronger than before we've seen it time and time again with the right approach of course but yeah a you're not broken and kind of like we said before we hit record we probably should already had a recording going but like (laughs) it's almost you said it you said it you had a really good term for it 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 almost brings peace to people in the sense of like you, you know i guess when you're doing anything to any sort of level of effort like i mean even if you're playing pickleball you're probably going to twist an ankle at some point, but that doesn't mean, you know, so it's almost like when it happens, like it's not, okay, uh, you know, I'm not happy when I twist my ankle, but it's like, when it happens, then it's like, well, I, I kind of knew this was going to happen and doesn't mean I'm going to quit pickleball forever. Or, you know, you know, if you ride your bike and fall off, you're not going to quit that either. And I guess in this sense, it's like, you know what, like our bodies are resilient. Something's going to happen. It, it, um, uh, I don't remember if the term you remember what you use, but just kind of, it gives people a bit of like expectation of, Hey, something might happen. It doesn't mean any of this is bad for us. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know exactly how, how, how I put it, but um, I, I think you're, I think that's exactly right. I think injuries are inevitable to some degree. Um, most of the time they're not super serious. Um, and, uh, and I think, uh, as you said, I think being, being optimistic uh, is really important, and, and and a physiotherapist and a coach can help you to to remain optimistic. One thing I'll just say, because you mentioned your back injuries, and I work a lot with people with back injuries, not because I work with CrossFitters specifically, but it's a it's a it's it's more or less the most prevalent uh, injury in in North America. Um, it's a major driver of disability in the world, um, back pain, um, and there's a lot of misconceptions around back pain, and so again, not have anyone take this as specific medical advice, but in almost all cases, in the the vast, vast majority of cases of back pain, it's not a serious medical issue, uh, although it often feels like one. Um, And an acute episode of back pain can be very debilitating. And many people will, who may be people who listen to this, will have experienced a back injury where they were unable to get out of bed the next day and it's 10 out of 10 pain. And in most cases, it resolves within days to weeks uh, without any medical intervention. And that person's back is no worse off than it was before. Um, it, It is a very common type of injury, but because it feels so serious and because the medical system is is really still learning how to help people uh, who have back pain. Um, sometimes after these types of injuries, people develop uh, misconceptions around their back now being fragile or having to avoid certain activities going forward. And that probably is the thing that leads to bigger problems down the road. Yeah. So again, this isn't specific medical advice to anyone, um, but the, the uh, uh, thankfully, um, back injuries, while, while miserably painful and scary, uh, are often are, are almost always not very scary and uh, and gradually getting back into activity as, as soon as you feel appropriate is is the right uh, first step in managing for sure. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I mean any any sort of yeah, that's why we always like the green light from a physio because um, yeah, you know I we're working in the same field ish, but people like hearing it. Um, 
from people like you. You're, you're kind of in that profession. And I think we're to mitigate any fear for anybody in any activity, I think is just important so that we can, um, yeah, you should be doing the thing you love essentially. Right. So, um, yeah, you guys already know this, but let me just reassure you from the physiotherapist side of things, doing functional fitness, deadlifting, training hard. These things are good for people's backs, just like how running is good for people's knees and, you know, hanging from a bar is good for people's shoulders. Uh, we can get hurt doing these things for sure, but in the long run, uh, we need to, to use our body and, and these are great ways to do it. So, um, let's not, let's not worry about that again. Uh, yeah. what, what we do is, is, is not only great for performance and fitness and looking pretty good and all those good things. Um, but it's actually really great for our health. Yeah. And just, I think figuring out the right dose, everybody, whoever's listening to this, yeah, like, exactly. if, if, if putting heavy weights above your shoulders is doesn't feel good for your shoulders. Like there is something that we can, you know, maybe, and again, as hard as that is to perhaps swallow for your ego, but sometimes we go back to a five pound dumbbell and they could think that's silly, but then I'm like, okay, let's try 10 then. But you know, sometimes it's, if the 185 push jerks bug you, like maybe 135 is good. And sometimes a movement again, going overhead or deadlifts, um, it doesn't feel good with 200 pounds. It doesn't mean it's the movement. Maybe 150 is the weight for you. Um, you can still make yourself better, like we said, without pushing those limits all the time. And um, again, going back to the whole theme of this podcast of just finding a way to do the thing you love is, is you know, and, and movement is going to be, it's always going to be the answer. Uh, it's, it's very, you know, I've, I've tried the lay around method to my back you know, magically healed itself and it never worked until I kind of started digging into the stuff that was, you know, the hardest thing for me to do was, it was deadlift. Um, but just, uh, it took me a lot of years to kind of find the, the right weights for me to build back up the strength that I was, that I was missing. Yeah. One of the phrases I use sometimes it just is that if it feels hard, it is hard, right? If on that day for you, for wherever you're at, it doesn't matter what objectively is on the bar. It doesn't matter if it doesn't sound like a lot of weight, if it feels hard to you, it is hard and you're going to benefit from it. And you know what I mean? That's all, that's all we need. If it feels like the right challenge, it is, it is the right challenge. Yeah. Love that. Um, all right. Two questions to wrap up. Cool. First question, you are sitting in front of a massive bookshelf. What is your book recommendation for us Ooh. and our, uh, our listeners here today? This first one that comes to mind doesn't don't overthink it. <laughs> uh, well, you can imagine I will definitely overthink it. Um, my book recommendation. Uh, okay, this would be a random one. I um, I recently read my first Jane Austen novel, and it was okay. Pride, and, Pride and Prejudice. And um, I didn't. I, I I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this this Jane Austen because um, I can't have not read it, Jane. I don't know. And the first 150 pages, I just kind of had to push through and I didn't really care. And then it hooked me. And it was like, I was like giddy, like in, like reading it in bed in the, like on a rainy day. <laughs> Have either of you read Pride and Prejudice or seen the movie with Kira Knightley? I watched the movie after. It's also quite great. But um, you know what? It's like, what was it? Early 19th century uh, romance sort of like love triangle. And it is, it is great once you get into it. So anyway, yeah. 
And that's not that's not exactly a groundbreaking. Uh, Love it, man. That was, I mean, the next question is yeah, last book you read would have been just a great answer too. Um, uh, and then yeah. the second question is, I'm pretty sure you're a coffee lover. Oh. Mm-hmm. What is your uh, what's your favorite? Like, are you doing French press, AeroPress, uh, drip pods? What are you doing these days? You asked me about books and coffee. These are my two. These are my two hobbies. These are my two favorite things. Um, I follow yeah. you on Instagram. Like, yeah, it's all we wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, I I make uh, Chemex coffee most days, um, and I I Tom Bargain Coffee Roasters is my local shop. Uh, I love the guys who own it and all the people who work there. So like I, they have my my full support. Um, and uh, I'm also an early riser, so uh, early mornings coffee and uh, a book that is my that's my best my favorite part of the day for sure that's awesome uh okay well thank you so much for being on with us today this has been awesome um hopefully we can find some disc disc space and yeah. <laughs> put that recording <laughs> did you just say <laughs> yeah disc yes i did um but yeah thank you so much can't wait to see you again we'll uh we'll, we're both in the next level game so i'm sure we'll uh, have a chance to catch up in yeah october. quick quick plug i suppose i don't know if this will yeah. come out before then presumably but uh october 1st and 2nd next level performance is hosting the next level games and i'm very excited to, you're both competing correct unbelievable uh unbelievable it's gonna be a ton of fun justin is putting uh, everything into this event and, and it'll be run unbelievably well. I, I can't wait just to be able to welcome the community into, into his space and into our space. Um, so yeah, I, I would encourage anyone else in, in the rocks community to come, uh, come hang out or cheer on Zach and Jen, of course. And, uh, and then I'll, not that I need to, I don't, you didn't ask me to self plug, but I'll just self. I was just going to say, yeah, if anybody wanted to connect or reach out, um, I'm on Instagram. It's at QuintaylorPT. Um, and that might be the simplest place to find me. Uh, my, I have a website. It's QuintaylorPT.ca. But. Love awesome. It. Thank you, Quinn. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. And we hope this one helped you. And yeah, let's get moving, everybody. Thanks so much. Okay, later. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. We want to give a quick shout out to the artist Quixotic for letting us use this awesome music. Our goal with this podcast is to help as many people as possible. So if you're enjoying it, then don't forget to leave us a rating, a review, and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy, and stay happy.